It's certainly good to see everybody who was able to make it out this evening, and we are continuing, continuing our study in the third chapter of Colossians, and the verses under consideration tonight are verses 7 through 11 of chapter 3. In these uh, upcoming verses, uh, Paul has given us a lot of very practical things that we can live by on how to... Um, put off our old sinful way of life and how to put on a new Christ-like life and, and what that looks like and, and some tools that we can use. and It's just a very practical uh, set of verses, not only in what we're studying tonight, but, but through the rest of the chapter, honestly. And there's a lot of things that can be talked about in these few verses. Um, so I kind of had to uh, choose to stop going deeper into certain subjects so I could get the study taken care of. But there is so much information and so much uh, that we can learn by just by these few verses. I want to go ahead and read the first 11 verses of chapter 3 of Colossians. And it says there beginning in verse 1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on, earth, on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of the... Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is in all, is all, and in all. So, beginning in verse number 7, we have the question posed to us, what is meant by the phrase, you yourselves once walked when you lived in them? So this phrase uh, is in direct reference to the attributes that were mentioned in verse 5, which were fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, desire, and covetousness. So Paul was telling the Colossians that they, at one time before following Christ, they too could have possibly had these characteristics. Uh, he's instructing uh, and trying to show that the old way that we used to live, or the old man, uh, that's how that was before they became Christians and such for us today. So when we choose a life of Christ, there are things that we need to change. And it is complete lifestyle change that happens. I want to look at a few passages that kind of describe that. In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 through 11, it says, Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, 
but you were sanctified and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Also in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, And he, I'm sorry, and you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of dis disobedience, among whom all also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Also in Titus 3, verses 3 through 5, it says, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which he had done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So these passages uh, of Scripture give us characteristics of what a way of life was prior to becoming a Christian and us choosing to obey the gospel and follow Jesus. But when we are washed, baptism, 1 Corinthians 6.11, we are made alive, Ephesians 2.1, by the washing or baptism that is described in Titus 3.5. So these characteristics should be wiped away from our lives when we choose to follow Jesus and follow Christ and follow God's word. They do not, uh, they now, those, those characteristics, characteristics now do not define our lives of who we are. That was, a pre, that was a past old man that we put off. And that all happens when we are baptized into Christ. We make a conscious decision to change who we once were. Now, uh, God does not do the work for us. Uh, he does not make up our own minds. When we are washed of our old ways and our old way of life, it does not mean that God now controls our thinking and controls our way of life and we are just robots and he... Uh, and we are unable to sin. That's not what that means. We are still capable of sinning. We all sin. But um, um, it's, not, it's not stating in these verses that when we choose the life of Christ, God is now in the driver's seat and controlling everything we do. We still have free will and still have choices to make. The word um, walked here in verse 7 is defined as to regulate one's life. That's how Thayer defines it. It is continuous way of life or a lifestyle, meaning that, that that is how we choose to live our life. We choose to make those decisions daily. It is a daily progression. And when we live for Christ, um, that is now our lifestyle. Even though we have a life of Christ, we still may slip up, stumble, or fall um, by committing any of these things that were mentioned in the verses, but that is now not our way of life. Our way of life is now focusing on Jesus and, and God's desire for us. And Paul, in the next verse, gives us some practical ways on how to put off the old man and, and what the old man looks like. So that brings us to question number two, which deals with verse eight. It says, define the following words in this verse. And verse eight says, but now you yourselves are put to off let me start over, I'm sorry. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, 
blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. I know Frank just asked for a couple of definitions of these, but I'm going to go ahead and try to touch on each one of these uh, descriptions that is made. So anger. The word anger here is a noun. Um, this is talking about not how we get angry sometimes at, at just some certain situations. This is talking about indignation, a slow, uh, burning anger that controls everything that you do, every decision you make. It is something that is, is subsiding in you and just burns. So um, it's a different word than what we find in Ephesians 4.26 where it says, Be angry and sin not. There's no conflict between Ephesians 4.26 and uh, uh, the word anger here in verse 8 um, uh, because when we read this passage and other passages like this, um, we are allowed to be angry at situations and circumstances and choices as long as we do not sin with that anger. But to be perpetually angry, to have it burn in our hearts and to have it control our feelings and control our emotions that is where we are so susceptible to sinning and giving the devil a foothold in our lives. The word wrath. The wrath, the word wrath here is uh, um, described as rage or an outburst of passion. A boiling over of the anger that we just talked about that sh is shown outwardly. You know, if we let that anger just sit in our hearts and burn, it's going to come out somehow, and it comes out in wrath. Um, and, and then that goes right on to the word malice, which gives us an ill will that has a desire to injure. So all based upon anger, if we let that anger sit, it just keeps growing and growing and growing, and uh, we have ill will towards other people, malice. We want, we want people to hurt. The next word, blasphemy. This is uh, something I learned, and, and uh, this was defined as a verbal insult intentionally uttered, intended to injure another or defame their name. I always thought that blasphemy only could be done to God. And, and by studying this, we can, quote-unquote, be blasphemous to somebody else by, by speaking uh, uh, ill towards them or, in, or insulting them or, or whatever it may be. Um, uh, it can be against anyone who we speak evil against. And then the last uh, description here, filthy communication is pretty self-explanatory. Obscene speech, it includes insults, bullying, vulgar language, all which is demeaning, demeaning to not only the, the person whom it is directed to, but those who may in, be in close proximity to uh, the word spoken. So it's pretty interesting on how the progression of these words build. You have anger in your life. You, it's a slow burning. It then turns into wrath, which becomes, your anger becomes an outburst of passion. And then that passion and, and anger turns into malice where you desire someone to be injured. And then that, that, that anger still has uh, uh, a potential to become blasphemous where you're speaking verbal insults to somebody. And then, of course, along with that comes the filthy communication. 
So very practical stuff um, that we can learn from in just those few little words there. That brings us to our third question, number three. How does one put off the old man and his deeds? And this is in verse 9. It says, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Putting off the old man is a reference, like we've already touched on, to a change that is made when we choose a life of a Christian. We become new creations. The old characteristics of sinful decisions we make no longer. And we make a choice to stop living for our own selfish desires and our own selfish loves, and we put that old way that we used to uh, be behind us. We are choosing a new life of Christ. And when we change or put off that old way of life, we have to replace it with something. We have to replace it with the new man that is talked about in the, new ver in the next verse. And that deals with verse number 10. How does one put on the new man and what is meant by the phrase renewed in knowledge? Verse 10. And that says, And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So if we wanted to give these couple of verses, and especially this verse, kind of an overall arching word to describe it, it comes down to repentance. Repentance is the word um, where things change in our life. We put off the old man and we put on the new man. We change our life completely in another direction, living a lifestyle that is conducive to Jesus' lifestyle and his commands. So, we are to become living sacrifices as described in Romans 12, verse 1. All that we now do is for God and not for our own fleshly desires. Putting on a new man changes everything about our life. All that we once knew and thought we had a knowledge on becomes insignificant to the knowledge that we now have by gaining, but that we now gain by serving God and growing in our knowledge of Him and His will. And that can only be done by reading the Word of God and understanding the knowledge that is in there and renewing our knowledge in life and understanding more of what His desire is for us. We cannot be renewed into a new man by any other way than what's written in the in the word of God. So Paul gives us some positive affirmation that we can be made new um, through those through that way of, of understanding God's will for us. I want to read uh, and if you have your Bibles open to Ephesians 4 starting in verse 20 and we'll read through 32. And just while we read this, I mean, this, this, these few verses really touch on everything that we talk about here in Colossians. And there's, there's phrases in here that we're going to recognize as we read them. It says there, beginning in verse 20, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, put, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth in his neighbor, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. 
Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands in what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. In uh, verse 11, which deals with the question number five that we're, it says uh, at now, break down this verse and explain its meaning. Verse 11 says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. This is very, very simple. Christ is available and accessible to all. The Jews thought very highly of themselves and believed that they were the only one who had the privilege of accessing God, the Creator. Paul reaffirms here that it does not matter where you are from, what nationality we are, what color our skin is, what language we speak, whether we are in bondage to someone or a master of some. It does not matter what state or your circumstances you may be in. Jesus is king of all nations and died for all and his salvation is available to all. That is what Paul is saying in this verse 11. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew by blood or, or whatever the case may be. Everybody has the same privilege to access Christ. And we are commanded that we have to control ourselves. We have to have ourselves under subjection. Because that's what Jesus has called us to do. That's what we are instructed to do. And if we don't, Paul tells us right here, what happens if we do not have our anger under control? You know, free counseling right here in Colossians 3, verse 7 through 11 on, on practical living ways and how to deal with our emotions. And if we don't deal with them and if we don't keep them under control, how they can expound and be problems. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by The Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 730 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.